When you are free, you live a life that sets other people free. God has more for you than you can ever imagine. Three words, hope, health, and healing. Amen by myself. Welcome to Midtown. How you guys doing this morning? Man, it is good to be here with you all, my Midtown family and friends. I'm Tyrone. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm so glad that you decided to spend your Easter Sunday with us this morning. Um, Give it up for our first time guests. Amen. Um, To our first time guests, um, we are a newer church here in this community. You may hear us refer to ourselves as a church plant. Um, You know, this is our second Easter service. Um, I can't believe this last year we were celebrating Easter for the first time, but on behalf of myself and our church family, we just truly want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. We truly believe that God has a word for you and God has you here for a reason. Amen. Amen. So um, currently we are in a sermon series titled God's plan, choosing God's agenda for our lives. In the last couple of weeks leading up to today's service, we've talked about celebrating our freedom. We talked about celebrating salvation in Christ. And the title of today's message is celebrating he is risen, finding purpose in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, usually on Easter, churches all around, even our church, the the typical message is Jesus rose. And that is definitely worth celebrating. But this morning, I would like to approach the message just slightly different. But I want to make sure that we truly understand the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Understanding what it means. See, it means for believers that God justified who he is on this earth. It shows that Jesus defeated death. It means that believers that we are united in Christ. It confirms the truth of the scripture. It proves the gospel is true. It proves that Jesus is the son of God. It means that God the father gave us his Holy Spirit. It gives Christians like you and I a living hope. It means that he will rise again and we will be able to rise with him. And it means that Christ will judge the world with righteousness. Now I say all of that to say this, we are not called just to be spectators of the resurrection. We're not called just to be storytellers of the resurrection, but we are called to rise and actively participate in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has risen And that means we must rise. See, the opposite of fall is fallen or fail. But it had me thinking about being stuck. Like, have you ever found yourself in a place where you were just stuck? You know, maybe it was stuck in your thoughts or or stuck in a a feeling or in a moment or in a place or, or stuck in a relationship. You just felt stuck. I've experienced many times in my life this feeling of 
of being stuck. And if I'm to be honest with you this morning, if I was to be transparent, I remember transitioning out of the NFL to managing a arena football team. And then finally, I hit a season in life where football was no longer a part of my life. But the thing is, football had been a part of my daily life almost from the age of eight to my early 30s. And it seemed like in a moment it was gone. And I was stuck. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And as I was talking with my wife, as I was preparing for this message, um, she, she reminded me of this one particular day when I was physically stuck in the bed, where I, where, where I could not get up. And, and I vaguely remembered the details, but Raquel, like most women, she did not forget not one detail of this moment. <laughs> but I was laying in the bed, and she kept coming into the room saying, okay, babe, it's time to get up. It's time to start our day. But I was stuck. She said, babe, you got to get up. And I didn't move. She said, lovey, that's what she calls me. Come on, babe. It's time for, it's time for you to get up. And I, I just didn't move. My love, would you please get up? Some time had passed, and she continued to come back into the room. And this wasn't just me hitting the snooze button because I didn't want to wake up. I was physically stuck there for hours. No TV on. Just had like this, this dead look on my face, just staring at the wall. I didn't understand what was going on. So she came back in the room. She said, babe. And babe turned into Tyrone. You have to get up. And the get up got louder. Get up, get up, get up. She started clapping her hands. You have to get up right now. I don't care if you just stand, but I need you to get up. But I didn't move. It wasn't until the last time as she's yelling at me to get up that I noticed that she was crying. And she was saying, I need you to get up right now. And I finally just stood up. Sometimes the best thing we can do is get up, get out, and go on. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe it's get up and get to work, or get up and go to school, or get up and go to the gym, get up and get out of the house, get up and make a difference. But see, Jesus got up from death, he got out of the grave, and he invites us to participate in the resurrection right along with him. See, we are invited to get up, to get out, and to go out and bring the love of Christ to this broken world. Our main text this morning, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start reading at verse 11. It says... And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share a word with your people. Father, I ask you just to speak through me this morning. Allow this word to touch the hearts of your children this morning, Father. Bless this word, Lord. Let it go on fertile ground, Father. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So just some biblical background on where we're going. Freedom and salvation in Christ should lead to us following Christ. The Apostle Paul passionately challenged the church to participate in the resurrection of Jesus. Joining in both the death of Christ, which is us dying daily to self, and the resurrection of Christ, which is rising into a new life. So salvation is about eternal life. We talked about that a few months ago, and that's which is future but it's also about a new life, which is right now. So how to rise daily in a life for Christ? There was three things that came to mind as I was preparing for this, and that is it is personal, it is powerful, and it is practical. Can you say that? It is personal, it is powerful, it is practical. So point one this morning, it's personal. Christ is for me, understanding the resurrection of Christ. I'm going to stay in chapter 8, but I'm going to go back to verse number 1. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because of the weakening by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And he so and so he condemned the sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life. In peace. See, Jesus was sent here to earth so that he could fulfill the law. See, God knew that us as human beings, we would not be able to keep the law. Basically, God knew that we were not perfect. And for the person thinking like, well, I'm perfect. He knew that you weren't perfect either. But the thing was, he never expected us to be perfect. See, in fact, he knew that we would make mistakes. He knew that we would mess up. He knew that we would break the rules. So he sent his son, Jesus, not only to die on the cross for our sins, but to rise again so that we may rise with him. It was very personal. Christ restored our place with our father. Christ is our direct line to God and to heaven. See, if you are a believer in Jesus, it doesn't matter what your heart tells you. God says, stand before him with zero condemnation. See, we have been given a new life, but what are we going to do with it? We have to make it personal. So what does that mean? Once I realized that I was in a relationship with Christ, it all made sense for me. See, 
When you have a relationship with someone, you don't want to let them down. See, when you begin to you begin to change your ways because you want to be the best version of yourself, but you also want to be the best for the relationship. See, now I grew up knowing who Jesus was. I grew up in the church. My grandparents were very strict. It seemed like I was in church Monday through Saturday and then Sunday all day long. See, we're spoiled here. We ain't going to be here all day long. But with the church I grew up, we was there all day long. So I understand why some people say, I don't know about, you know, going to church. I don't know about being a Christian. I don't know about this stuff. Y'all, y'all in church too long. See, but that's how I grew up. And so I understand when we hear people that are turned off. And I understand when people's like, you know what, there's too many rules to be a Christian. Or, or you know what, I don't know if I could step into the building. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. I'm doing my thing. And maybe some of you, even this morning, were a little bit nervous about showing up today because you were thinking, I can't go to church because I do this and I do that. And we don't need to discuss what this or that is. But, but maybe you were like, you know, I don't, I don't know about being a Christian because I enjoy doing these things. And I understand that. But hear me out. I'm talking about myself. But when, when I made it personal and I realized that I was in a relationship with Christ, it clicked for me. I, 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 see, because relationships are important to me. However, I recognize that if that I desire to be in healthy relationships, whether it's with my wife or with my friends or with my family, I, I want to have the healthiest relationship possible. And so in doing that, sometimes that requires you to make a change. Sometimes that requires you to do things just a little different. And see, it's okay because, you know, you want to do those things because you don't want to tarnish the relationship. You want to make sure that the relationship is healthy and it grows. This was the same thing with my relationship with Christ. I no longer felt like I knew Jesus, but I was known by Jesus. See, and, and I wanted him, I wanted this to be so personal that, that when I looked at the things that I was doing, I wasn't always a pastor. There was things that I was doing, but I understood that my relationship was more important. So I knew that there were some changes that I needed to make. And I was willing to make those changes because I wanted to be the best version of myself for this relationship. You know what? Because it was important to me. A relationship with Christ is important to me. See, Christ made it personal. Jesus became personal. He died for me. I was sharing with, with our team this morning as I was looking at the scripture, like, I wasn't looking at it for you. I was looking at it for me. I said, he died for me? He loved me that much that he died for me, but I'm here to tell you, he died for you too. See, you no longer have to feel like you're stuck in life. You no longer have to feel like you're, you're, you're guilty of things. You don't have to feel ashamed and you don't have to feel fear because of the death of the resurrection of Jesus. Guess what? We are all forgiven. We are all set free. Amen. Let's jump back into the text. In verse 2 it says, because through Christ Jesus... The law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. However, the law you operate in determines whether you live victorious or if you're defeated. See, the law of sin is death is like gravity. It inherently pulls you down no matter how high you jump. 
But the law of the spirit overrides gravity. It's like climbing aboard an airplane where the laws of aerodynamics apply. You cannot get rid of the law of gravity, but you can transcend it. The law of the spirit transcends the law of sin so that sin no longer controls the agenda. So let, let me tell you this. I warn you, when you say yes to Jesus, you will change. When you say yes to Jesus, your life will change. The way you think, it will change. You will no longer, you will realize that you're no longer doing the work. It's him doing the work through you, through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to jump into verse 11. This is going to segue us to point number two about the power. But in verse 11, it says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's the power, is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit and put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. See, God essentially took the pressure off our shoulders. He knew that we could not live this life by our own strength. And he also knew that we couldn't accomplish all the things that he has for us in our own abilities. Did you catch that? See, see, God already knew that we could not tackle this world by ourselves, and he never expected us to. He doesn't expect us to have it all together. He, he doesn't expect you to be perfect. See, it's about the spirit that is dwelling in us that will allow us to accomplish these great things. See, when we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to get through life. See, by the spirit, we have the power to overcome death. By the spirit, we have the power to live. We don't have the power to to take ourselves from death to life. But God in Christ in us, the spirit in us, we have the power to live. He did it because he loves us. Point number two, powerful, Christ in me, the power of the resurrection of Christ. Staying in chapter eight, I I, I want us to understand that the power of the resurrection should excite us. It it should excite you. In verse 31, it says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, that can be translated that God is for us, so it doesn't matter who's against us, and nothing and no one can defeat us. See, that should make us walk with our head held high, our shoulders bound. We should have a bounce on our step because it doesn't matter what someone thinks about us. It doesn't matter what no one says, because if God is for us... We'll be back to this podcast episode shortly, but we wanted to take this time to give you an opportunity to give. Why do we give? At Midtown, we believe that giving is both an act of worship and a command. And the psalmist says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So when we give, we're simply giving back to God what belongs to God in the first place. For those of you who give regularly, thank you. And if you're new around here, there's no obligation to give. We just encourage you to give however God is leading you. You can give digitally on our website or our app, but let's take a moment to pray right now. God, thank you that you have given us an opportunity to partner with you in the work that you want to do to display your goodness and your love to the world around us. So God, take this offering right now, multiply it, and use it for the good of your people and for your glory. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's get back to our podcast episode. Can you say, I got the power. Come on, say, I got the power. See, we got the power of the resurrection living through us, dwelling through us. See, our current suffering, that thing that we're currently facing or dealing with, that we're going through, that sin, we all have sin that continues to pull us down. Guess what? It has been defeated by our Lord and Savior. It can't stop us because we have the power dwelling in us. In verse 32, it says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. He will not also along with his graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? And God, it is God who is justified. See, God sets the rules for justification, not man. God says you are not guilty because you've been placed your faith in Christ. In verse 34, it says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also intercedes for you and I. See, when we understand the resurrection, when we understand the power of the resurrection, we begin to fully realize that Christ is for us and his spirit is in us. We don't have the power to take ourselves from death and life, as I said. Because, but he did it for us. Let's keep looking at the text. Verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or dark or nakedness or danger or sword? We are protected against all outside influences, but not from ourselves. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> we are protected against all outside influences, but not from ourselves. See, if a person so desires, he can separate himself from the love of Christ by rejecting the cross. But guess what? God will never force you into this relationship with him. He invites you into this relationship with him. So today, if you're listening to this message and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, this is a, this is a great story but you choose not to believe that God sent his son Jesus who was perfect to this world to save us from sin that would have defeated us so that he might rise and we might rise with him and have a place with him. If we don't believe that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we are missing the whole point of the power of the resurrection. Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. See, this world is full of sin and suffering. And, and, and the way of the world looks at us is if we have no hope. In their eyes, we are fit only for slaughter, defeated in failure. But in verse 37, it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, Christ loved us enough to give his life on the cross, which is alone makes us more than conquerors. 
Amen. See, y'all know that the people of God were speaking daily affirmations on their life way before it was popular on social media. See, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror. I am chosen. I am loved. See, we got to be able to speak those things in our life. We have to be able to believe those things. See, when we understand the power, you become convinced of all those things that I'm above and not beneath. See, in verse 38, it says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither the, neither the height nor death, nor anything else and all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. That's the power that we have when we choose it. Point number three, practical. Christ through me. Living out the resurrection of Christ. We're going to jump to Matthew. I'm going to go into chapter 25. It says, when the Son of Man comes in the glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as sheep separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothing you? When did we see you sick or in prison to go visit you? In verse 40, it says, the king replied, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these. Brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Yeah. Saying yes to the resurrection means saying yes to a life of mission. Living out the resurrection is about proximity and connection to the most vulnerable, the outcast, the people who are treated like the least of these. This was the last example Jesus demonstrated as he turned to the thief and he offered him to rise with him, to be with him in paradise. So what does it mean to join Jesus in the resurrection? How can we be a preview of the resurrection until Jesus returns? Today, I want to invite you all as we kick off the Matthew 25 challenge. Now, I'm a big believer of taking care of home first. For each of us, I'm talking about everyone in here, our first ministry is our home with our families. As a church, our first ministry is our people. Then it's our local community. So I believe in taking care of home first. But today, on both campuses, we are setting a goal to raise $25,000 for local outreach. Some of you may know 
Some of you may have heard and may not fully understand, but I want to share with you about a local outreach that is dear to my heart. In our Elk Grove campus, the proceeds that we raise will support the Table Community Foundation. And the Table Community Foundation is to empower youth in the community to build a safe place to live, work, and play. Now, the Table is a local nonprofit that my wife and I, we started about 12 years ago. And the Table was created when God gave me a vision of ministry outside of the four walls. See, remember the story that I shared with you guys in the beginning about being stuck in a place well, when I finally got up out of that place, God gave me a vision of this organization, the next chapter of my life, what he had called my wife and I to do. See, when, you, when, you, when you're willing to get up and allow God to use you, God will show you what purpose is. So through our organization, we serve over 3,000 students daily through our expanded learning programs. And that is a free program that is before school and after school. And, and it also, it doesn't stop there in our organization. We step in to fill in the gaps and we provide free food, hygiene kits, shelter, mentors, ongoing support so that we can serve the whole family. A lot of you participated this last holiday season when we took kids on a holiday shopping spree. But, but like I said, this, was, this is our local outreach. In Sacramento, they're going to be supporting Leah Tata Floyd. And we believe in supporting, but also there's a global outreach. And our global outreach, we're going to kick that off next week. And then there's two things that we're working with. One is a tier fund organization. We're going to be supporting them with $2,500. And part of their mission and part of this program that they're doing is teaching entrepreneur skills to women living in poverty in Haiti. And then our big initiative, we're coming together a minimum of 250 families that we're going to team up with World Vision in their chosen campaign. And this chosen campaign, which empowers kids in Ghana to flip the script, and they get to choose who their sponsors are. And we will present that next weekend to you guys. And so if this is something that God has placed on your heart, this is how we participate in the resurrection. This is how we are going to be the hands and feet. You can go online. You can see the prompts. Um, QR code is going to have all the information, and we're going to continue to lay all this out. But the reason why I wanted to share this is this is just the beginning. You know, there, there's a foster care organization here in the city that we support also. There's another initiative that we're going to be talking to someone about, recycling. We are committed to being the hands and feet of Jesus because that's what God has called us to. That's how, amen. That's how it's practical. That's how we make it plain. But I, I, I'm going to bring this to the close because I said I'm not going to keep y'all here all day. I want y'all getting upset with me. But there was so much going through my mind as I was preparing for this message. And there were so many things that I want to share with you. We could be here all day. But as I shared those three things with you, it's personal, it's powerful, and it's practical. I want to get personal with you guys. There's no way that we can leave here today without giving you an opportunity 
to give your life to Christ. There, there's, there's no way that we can leave here today without giving you an opportunity to recommit yourself to Christ. And, and I, I want you guys to, to understand how important this is because we think we have so much time. We think we have so much time. I'm going to be obedient. See, a, a couple weeks ago, some of you guys didn't see me at church. And I wasn't feeling well, so I had to stay home. And I just had a fever, you know, just like, oh, I'm just sick. No, no big deal. Fever broke. And I was like, all right, you know, go to, you know, go to work on Tuesday. You know, just do some stuff light around the house and we'll get going with the week. But on Tuesday morning, about three o'clock in the morning, I woke up with this intense pressure in my head. I've never felt anything like this before in my life. It was so intense. And it just, I just laid there and I was just like, Lord, what, what is going on? And as this pressure just, just kept just pounding, no matter what I took, nothing would take this away. I took everything you can think of and it just kept just pounding and pounding and pounding. And finally, about... 6.30 in the evening, I'm in tears, and I go to Raquel, and I said, I can't take it no more. So they rushed me to the hospital. So as I'm in the hospital, they're, they're, they're doing blood work. They're doing CT scans. They're, they're, they're you know, doing x They're trying to figure out what is going on. And this pressure is just still just, just playing in my head. And, in, and it, it, I felt like I was going to die. I felt like that, that it was over. Too many times we hear about people just dropping dead, and I was just like, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to go home, but, but I need more time. I started reflecting and thinking about my wife. I started thinking about my kids. I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm, not, ready to, I'm not ready just yet. I started thinking about the church. I was like, Lord, we're just getting started. Like, I, I know that there's more. I, I'm, I'm not ready just yet. So as this pressure was just, just pounding, it lasted for about 27 hours straight. And I'm just laid out. And it, wouldn't, it really scared me when my, my, my mother and, and my grandfather reached out. Now, my mother, she was so concerned because I didn't know that aneurysm was running our family. My grandmother passed away from aneurysm. So they're really concerned. Raquel was trying to keep it together. And my grandfather, you know, he called and he, he was just like, son, are, are you okay? The, the pressure was so tense. At first, I couldn't even pray. But finally, I just started praying. And I was just, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. But can I have just a little bit more time? 
Now we're still going through the process trying to figure out exactly where this came from and I'm praying that this was just a one-time thing, but what God showed me is, <laughs> he said, Tyrone, get your house in order. See, we don't have that much time. We, we think we have, oh, I, I, I could wait till the next day. But it says tomorrow is not promised for us. Don't wait for tomorrow or what you can do today. I don't know who needed to hear that. I don't even know why God put it in my heart, but I just need you guys to understand as, as I was processing what I was going through, I just realized that, hey, I got to stop procrastinating. See, we all have a call. We all have a mission. And God wants to use each and every one of us. But guess what? If we don't do our part, guess what? His, his mission, his job, it's going to get done. It says, if you don't praise me, what? The rocks will cry out. See, God is not waiting on us. I want to encourage you to get your house in order. We have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We have our Father who got on the cross for us, who paid the price so that we have an opportunity to have everlasting life. So if we have that opportunity because of what he did for us, why are we wasting time? Why are we wasting time? This isn't a guilt trip, but... If you heard something this morning and you felt like, Lord, I am ready to surrender to you, all you have to do is just raise your hand right now. Amen. Amen. And if you're ready to recommit yourself to Christ, just raise your hand right where you're at. So we want to give you opportunity to get prayer because like I said I'm no longer going to wait for tomorrow what we can do today so if you're here this morning and you have anything that you want prayer for we want to pray for you we're going to have our prayer team right here whatever it is we want to pray for you if you're recommitting your life we want to pray for you if you're dedicating your life for the first time, we want to pray for you. If you just need prayer for your family, we want to pray for you. But don't let this moment pass you up. Thank you so much for tuning into Midtown Church. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for weekly messages to stay rooted in the word and for a dose of hope, health, and healing in your life. Want to get more connected to Midtown Church? Just visit us online at midtownchurch.org.